0: everyone and welcome back to another episode of B- 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 I cannot I cannot speak welcome to bloom theory podcast your new favorite podcast and I am your host Jillian Choquette and today I am so excited to introduce to you guys Emma who is an astrophysicist that I met somehow on Instagram and she is a space entrepreneur who is committed to helping ambitious humans find their place in space. So she is an astrophysicist PhD candidate at Yale University, and she studies the geometry of exoplanetary systems. I think that this sounds really crazy and smart, and In this episode, she talks a little bit about how she got there, what this even means studying exoplanetary systems, and I'm not going to go into it, but she's also the founder of Space to Sparkle, an outreach program for the future scientists in the astrophysics world. So I think that you guys are going to really enjoy this episode. She is so informative, inspiring. I just can't go on enough about her she is just really getting it done and carving away not only for herself and her dream career but also for those that will follow her and i'm sure there will be plenty following in her footsteps with as much outreach as she does and so i'm just gonna jump right into the episode with emma And I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I know that you will find it informative and interesting. And so if you like it, please don't forget to follow my podcast. And if you would like to rate and review as well. And with that, let's get on with the interview. Hi, Emma. Thanks for joining the podcast today. Hi,
1: Jill. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
0: I am so excited to talk to you today because I know absolutely nothing about astrophysics and all the crazy stuff that you probably do and research and learn about. So can you just start off with telling me more about yourself and what you do?
1: Yeah. So I am currently, as of yesterday, a PhD candidate um, at Yale. I recently passed my qualification exam, so I'm done with classes. I took the last test of my life, which I could not be more thrilled about. Um and what I do is I study the planets that are outside of our solar system, which I'm happy to chat more about later. I can talk about them for ages. So I study exoplanets because I'm really interested in putting the earth and our own solar system into context with the rest of the universe um, to help the world gain perspective on why issues here on Earth matter in the grand scheme of the universe. And I'm also the founder of Space to Sparkle, which is a consultancy that's launching actually later this month, which I'm super excited about, designed to help ambitious students who are interested in a career in the space industry chart their path to an aligned mission that matches up with their visions and their goals.
0: That's awesome. I have so many questions. First of all, congratulations on passing your qualification exam. That is so, much. <laughs> so exciting. I know everybody that I know that has been either studying for it or past, it's like a weight has been lifted off of your shoulders.
1: <laughs> yes. I came home yesterday and I was like, wow, I feel like a new
0: person. Was it, was it yesterday that you took it?
1: Uh, so the way they do it here in for our department, it's a two-part exam. So there was a written component that I did in June. And then there's a, um, a oral component that I did yesterday where I was presenting my like plan for mm-hmm. the project and that's what is wow. the last step
0: and now it's done. Wow, that's so exciting. I know our my program is only the oral examination. So they just yell at us for <laughs> four hours asking questions. Oh God. <laughs> but so that's long. <laughs> so exciting. Um so can you tell me why you got into studying exoplanets and how like when you were younger did you think that you wanted to, you know, study space? Like, did you always think that was really interesting or did you kind of fall into it? How did that come about? Because it's crazy. Like first, just being a woman in STEM, doing astrophysics, like that, that is a big accomplishment because it's, you know, predominantly a male subject matter. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely.
1: So if you asked me when I was, any age before about like eighth grade, I would have told you that I wanted to be either a teacher or a dancer. Um, Being an astrophysicist was nowhere on my radar. Um, I fell in love with space when I was super little. Um, When I was about three years old, the rover's Spirit and Opportunity landed on Mars. And I remember sitting at like what to me now is just like this big hunk of a computer on our family desk, watching the video of the rovers after they landed, when they kind of like bounced around on the surface before being able to write themselves and roll off and go explore the red planet. Um, And while I loved those rovers and the journey that they were on to learn about other planets, I didn't really think about space as a career at all. I loved math and science when I was little, but again, didn't I think largely because there weren't that many role models who were female in STEM, didn't ever imagine myself in one of those careers. Um, but when I got to eighth grade, I was lucky enough to have a female science teacher who taught my first physics class. And she really helped me develop a love for physics and a, love, and a, a, a ability to see myself in that career. And from there, I set me on a journey of consuming as many books and articles as I could about astrophysics and um, trying to make that my career. So I, I also grew up in Utah, so I am a big fan of the night sky that you can see in the mountains. And that, that was that is something I dearly miss out on the East Coast.
0: Yeah, so it's hard almost like in the suburbs and city to have that appreciation for the night sky, and so I'm yeah. sure you can really appreciate that in Utah. <laughs> I feel like I've never truly Absolutely. like seen darkness. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. I think that's why places like planetariums are so important, in particular in big cities, because they can help, uh, especially young kids, but adults too, get a pr- a picture of what the night sky looks like when we don't have all this pollution. Uh, And to me, looking at the night sky is always so humbling. When I was in undergrad and I would get stressed before exams, I would walk outside and just like look up at the sky. And even though it was New Jersey, so you get a lot of light pollution from New York, um, you could still see enough that it was kind of like, oh yeah, this doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things.
0: That's so true. I would do the same thing. Like I vividly remember like leaving, because of course, you know, you leave the library late at night when you have an exam or whatever and i would always be leaving it late at night and it's like the moon is always like so bright in the sky and i'm just like okay just take a breath it's gonna be okay we're all tiny and (laughs) one exam is not going to change my entire life so tell me if you can on simple terms because it will all go right over my head if you get too physics-y with me tell me a little bit about exoplanets and how they can relate i know you were saying you're trying to look at like the relationship between exoplanets am i saying it right am i catching catching the right thing okay
1: (laughs) yeah no exactly um so i think one of the reasons why exoplanets and astrophysics seems like this really like hard to picture subject is because there isn't a lot of material lab that helps people picture it, like the scale for how far away planets are, even planets in our yeah. own solar system, or how big they are. Uh, we can imagine like the incredible work that a doctor does, but we can imagine what a surgery room looks like. We can imagine what the like tools they're using look like. But for something like astrophysics, it's a lot more, there's a lot fewer examples of that. So I think it's harder to picture, which is part of what I really try and do is help people see what it is to that, like, these kind of science involves and, like, why anybody can do it. Um, I So what I do is I study these planets that are outside of the solar system. They were – the first exoplanet was found in the mid-1990s. So it's only been about 30 years that we've even known for sure that these planets exist. And uh, the catalog that we have now is about 5,000 of them. Uh, but it's suspected that there's at least one planet around every star. And what I study is the geometry and the architecture of these systems. So ha- what are the angles like between the planet and the the planet's orbit and the star's spin? Um, and how many planets are there? how close are they to their star? what kinds of planets are they? what are they made out of? what is their densities? Uh, and we're all trying we're trying to get all this information from, like very little data we can take a we can like measure the dip of light as the planet goes in front of a star and we can measure like the wobble of the star that's caused by the planet and from that we have to make all these inferences about what that actually means to these systems. but all of that is to say that the coolest part about all of this is that very well none that we know of of those systems look like our own solar system uh, so, that kind of ties in, in my mind, to the humbling aspect of going outside and looking up at the stars before an exam, because it shows us that our own solar system is just one way that a planetary system can be arranged. And the idea that we have some privileged position in the universe is kind of just made to be abandoned by that expansive catalog of systems that look nothing like our own. So that's why I love what I do.
0: That is so interesting. And I would have never thought about well my my dad he's actually a computer scientist so like he loves physics he's obsessed <laughs> and he so he's really into you know like satellites and the physics behind it and everything like that and he tries to explain things to me and I'm just like that's super cool but I don't understand any of it but he loves space and everything so I have to ask you do you have a favorite planet like it doesn't have to be one that we all know of I guess
1: (laughs) (laughs) so the like corny answer to that is earth
0: um other than earth other than earth
1: (laughs) other than earth um so it's in our own solar system but I think that Jupiter is really cool um It's interesting because it has the set of moons around Jupiter that look to be like one of the most promising places that we might find life in the universe. And Mm -hmm. because I don't think we're going to any planets beyond our own solar system anytime soon, um, that makes Jupiter a really interesting target for science. And if you Google the Juno images, um, they are just gorgeous, make the best background Mm -hmm. images for a computer.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's so true.
1: and like, we can't take pictures like that of exoplanets. So as cool as systems can be dynamically, I'll always come back to the ones that we've been able to send missions to that can get those glorious images.
0: Yes. Okay. So back to, I had to ask that just, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so back back to schooling, um, can you talk a little bit about what you think, because you're going to Yale, correct? Yes which is a huge feat. Very impressive. Thank you. Where did you go for undergrad again? I went to Princeton. Again, very impressive. (laughs) So what would, if someone was trying to take a similar path as you and they were saying, I want to, Be like, Emma, I want to be an astrophysicist. What are some tips that you suggest maybe someone in high school that's interested in it should take in order to get into their dream school, you know, pursue this dream career that they might have?
1: Yeah, so I'll preface it by saying I think you can approach a career in astrophysics and in the space industry from a whole bunch of directions. If you're interested in space, astrophysics is only one way into the field. You can be you can be in business, you can be in econ, you can be in law, and there are jobs for all of those kinds of careers in the space industry. If you want to do astrophysics specifically, I recommend for high schoolers taking like all the math and physics classes that you can, just like soak up that material to develop the understanding of it. And one program that I did when I was in high school that I think was really instrumental for me. It has the world's most, like, um, general name. It's called the Summer Science Program. Um, but the summer. Science I think Program, I had one of those, too. <laughs> it's like, you Google it, or, like, people ask, what, like, what it is, and I'm like, it's called the Summer Science Program. They're like, no, what's the name? And I'm like, that is the name. That is the name. Um, <laughs> but what I did with that is it was a five-and-a-half-week, in the middle of New Mexico to talk about dark skies and being able to see the stars and it was me and a group of students there who spent the days in lecture learning the math and physics and coding and then at night we went up to the telescope and were able to take images of an asteroid and by the end of the five and a half weeks we wrote a code to determine the orbit of the asteroid. And that was super helpful for me in preparation for college because It gave me an experience doing research and the whole Mm -hmm. program is designed to um, like simulate what it's like to be a scientist, basically. And they've actually expanded. So there's biology programs now and genomics programs and they're on different campuses all around the country. So anybody who's interested in any kind of science, they're designed for people who are uh, in their. You apply in your junior year to do it in the summer between your junior and your senior year.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. I think that I have some people reach out to me and they ask me what to do now. Like maybe they're a junior in high school or maybe they're even already in college. And I'm just like, get that summer research opportunity in whatever might interest you, even if you're not sure if it'll interest you, get an opportunity to get hands-on with something because you yes. will either figure out that you love it or that you don't really think it's that cool. <laughs> But either way, it'll give you that experience that you need. Mm -hmm. I could not agree more. Yeah, I wish that there was, I mean, I'm not sure, but around here, I wish that there was more local opportunities. And I'm in Maryland, so I feel like it's kind of hard to find some specific opportunities for kids that don't really know what direction they want to go in college. Because it's like, we have, you know, biology in high school, uh, chemistry in high school, but you don't learn about what you do with those things, because there's so much you can do with a biology major, or you can hone in on something specific. And like you said, it's kind of nice that they had, you know, divided it up into little subgroups since you've done it. So um, I hope that they I hope that they start doing that a little bit more. I think that's really helpful.
1: I totally agree. I think also that there's a lot of pressure in high school to like already know what you want to major in in college. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I
1: know so many people who, um, who I look up to who are doing nothing related to what they had majored in in college, but are like extremely successful and doing awesome things. And like, I want to be like them when I grow up. Um, so
0: exactly. (laughs)
1: Like if there's a lot of, while like college majors matter, like people can also do so much with anything. Um, There's lots of opportunities.
0: That's so true. I know that, like, especially for this podcast, like, I know that you have to hone in on something (laughs) sometimes to be, I guess, quote unquote, you know, the best in a way, but I'm hoping to show that there are so many different paths to get there. It doesn't mean that to be a scientist, you have to get your chemistry, like be a chemistry major and then go to get your PhD or you know get a bunch of research experience in high school so and then more in college like you can do more than one thing and then still get where you need to go
1: yeah absolutely i think you're doing such an important service too with that this podcast by showing that because it's there's no one way and i think the like visions of there being one way is why stem can say stay as an exclusionary field because people don't see themselves in it then it's hard to very true a career that you can't see yourself in
0: yeah I feel like it can make it a little bit more intimidating as well absolutely yeah (laughs) that's why I was so excited to have I'm so excited to have you on the podcast so can you tell me more about space to sparkle and what it entails what your goals are and a little bit more about that
1: absolutely So the mission of Space to Sparkle is to empower ambitious students to fulfill their dreams while building a world of tomorrow. Uh, And we do it through workshops, through online community, and through personalized coaching. Um, It came about as something I've been thinking about since 2018 um, when I did um, an internship uh, through the Brooke Owens Fellowship Program in the space industry. And while, like, generally people talk about space and, like, they think about it as one combined thing. It's really weird because astrophysicists and the space industry like don't talk to each other. Um and to me that's totally bizarre. I think the most interesting things happen at the intersections of different fields. So Very true. Yep. I'm, I I totally totally agree. agree. <laughs> I think like it's just it's where the fun things happen. So I really set out to try and build my career around existing at that intersection. So in addition to doing the work with the exoplanets, I do work in the space industry. And what I really want to do is help build a pathway between astrophysics and physics into the space industry for other students who may not know that that is a pathway that exists. Uh, in particular because academia can feel, so 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 old and white and male and just like exhausting and competitive there are a lot of people who leave the field um the retention levels especially it's getting better now for like the high school to college gap and from even college to grad school but the number of women who stay in the field after getting their phd is super low um And in astrophysics and physics in particular, they tend to leave and either go into data science or to finance or to other fields that are completely unrelated to space. And what I wanna do is provide a pathway for students from physics and astro, even from physics and astro undergrad into the space industry to be able to maintain that love for space that got them into those majors in the first place and also, have those people who are coming from different backgrounds and from different experiences and different reasons why they got into space part of the movement to design the future of space exploration um i believe deeply that what is happening right now is the third era of space exploration where we're no longer exploring for like the apollo reasons and we're no longer just doing it for science but we're doing it now because the tools that we develop during exploration can help us solve climate change, they can help us battle inequality here on earth. It's not for out there. It's for like the sake of humanity here. And so having a pool of ambitious, talented, and driven students who have values that align with that third aerospace exploration, moving from astro or from physics and Astro into the industry, um, is something I'm really passionate about developing
0: I can definitely tell you're passionate about it and if someone is interested in joining this I know you said that you have not launched it yet but so we
1: are we have soft launched so far so okay. if you're interested in joining either DM me on Instagram um, at exoplanetemma or at space to sparkle um, and the website will be launching going live this weekend which I'm super excited about there'll be more information there
0: That's exciting. Um, I'm going to hopefully publish this podcast as soon as possible so that people (laughs) can hear about it. Um, So what kind of workshops are you thinking of doing? Are they going to be maybe like in person and online? Because I know you said it's hopefully undergrad and um, grad students. So what what do you have in mind for that?
1: Yeah. So the um, workshops are going to be targeted at mostly either undergraduate groups or um, organizations, like um, Students for the Exploration and Discovery of Space or Women in Physics kind of groups. Uh, they'll happen both online and in person. And the title of the workshops is called Choose Your Mission. So while um, everybody, I think, gets into space because they have some um, love for the stars, but what I really want to do is help people come up with a career path that is mission aligned and value aligned. So being able to figure out, okay, these are my core values. These are the companies that are doing things that are related to work that I care about. They're related to the values that I hold. And then these are the kind of steps that I need to take to align myself to be in a position to work at a company like that. Um, So it kind of takes the students through those steps to begin to think about what they value and what they want to do, what they'll have the most enjoyment out of doing and then very practically saying, what are the things that you need to do on your resume, on LinkedIn, on um, even just in interactions and emails? I think that um, I'm curious if you've experienced this, too. But in my experience with scientists in particular in um, science training, scientists aren't usually trained about how to network or how transferable their skills are. Yeah
0: very
1: true <laughs> doing, scientists can be applied to so many disciplines but if you go looking for like a job in the space industry that's under the title physicist you're not going to find much but if you go looking for like um somebody who can do 6D modeling or 3d modeling of uh, a, a like spacecraft trajectory that's physics so that's something that can mm-hmm. be applied So learning how to translate between the two fields
0: that's such a great idea and there's such a need for that I know even for like chemistry jobs because there's a lot of you know biological scientist jobs but I was a chemist so straight out of college I was like do I just search chemist or do I also search biology jobs like you don't learn that there's so much crossover between you know people think your major is what you are And they don't think, oh, so what I've learned in this major is what I am and what I can do. Not I did a chemistry major, so I'm a chemist, or I did a chemistry PhD, so I'm a chemist. But really, you could do biochemistry, you can do biology, you learn all these different things that can apply to future jobs or whatever it may be.
1: Absolutely. Yes, (laughs) that's exactly what we're trying to get at.
0: That's amazing. I think that that's going to be so perfect for the next generation of astrophysicists and scientists in general, because there is definitely a need for that. Um, So I have one more question before we wrap up. Um, What is your dream job? Like, what is your future career looking like at this point? I know you still you just (laughs) became a candidate. (laughs) So you're probably like, I don't want to talk about this yet. But after your Ph.D., what is kind of like your dream, dream job, dream career?
1: yeah so that's a great question um one of the things that i've struggled with and that led me to build space to sparkle is that i have felt a lot of anxiety and have spent a lot of nights feeling pretty stressed by the fact that there isn't a job out there where the description really matches what i love to do and what i'm passionate about so I want to build my own career path that is going to revolve around working at the intersection of academia and the space industry and building those partnerships between them. I would love to um, build it beyond that and find more ways to get um, economists and lawyers and business people and teachers all talking with scientists about how to create this next future of space exploration and how that future space exploration can help us solve the most urgent and pressing crises here on earth um that's my driving passion and mission and so check back in a few years and we'll see if we have a name for what that job is but I, have those lines.
0: I love how you are very like honest and true to yourself though because a lot of people could have easily been like i want to work On satellites, I don't know, but they could (laughs) have been like very general, do something that they know, you know, their uncle might do like a job just to say, you know, they have a job, but you're very open and honest about what your passion is and what you want to do. And I think that's inspiring because not a lot of people want to say that they don't know and that they want to form their dream career versus someone who might already have a way paved for them and instead you're actually going out there and you're trying to pave it yourself so props to you
1: thank (laughs) you it's a very scary thing to be saying and like there's a lot of practical ways in which that's way difficult but I I really do believe that we'll be happiest and we're all doing things that we love and that's when we can make the best impact on the planet
0: yeah either way I think you are definitely off to do amazing great things and thank you so much for joining the podcast
1: thank you so much for having me it has been so delightful to talk to you and I'm um just so grateful to you
0: so before I close out the podcast can you again say your Instagram handle and where everyone can find you and follow space to sparkle and see your journey on the way to your dream career yeah.
1: So you can find me online at exoplanet Emma, um or at space to sparkle. Both of those are on Instagram. And then also on, uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, if that's more your speed at Emma Loudon. Uh, and I look forward to connecting with anybody. Um, and thank you so much for having me again, Jill. This has been a really great conversation.